We are diving in to week five of the OTB 100 this week. We're talking about leads now. It's getting real. We're talking about your lead system, follow-ups, and perhaps the best part, it's 100% Katie this week. Get ready to level up. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. All right. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're all doing well today. Um, I am on my own today, so hopefully I don't mess things up. <laughs> I think everything will be fine, but uh, I just, Daniel's not here today, so I will be going through week five of the OTB 100. Um, let me know if you guys can hear me. If somebody could just put in the chat that you can hear me, that would be great, just because. I can hear you. Yay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good morning. Perfect. Okay. Um, so I did put in the chat, the PDF uh, for what we're going to be going through today. I also sent it out by email uh, yesterday. So you should have that. It's something great to print out and to go through along the way. Or uh, if you wanted to just go through it afterwards, once we've gone through the video, that would, once you've had a chance to go through this with us, um, that, that's another way you could do it as well. So Feel free to jump in at any point in the chat. Um, we're always happy to hear from you guys, and we appreciate you being here. So we are going to get started. All right. So today, um, as we said before, we're going to be doing talking about lead system and follow-up. And this is such an important topic. Um, I think if you can do anything for your business next year, if it's to put in place a, a really efficient, effective CRM system, you will find that your business will just do so much better. Um, you're going to increase your repeat and referral business. And it's something that we're going to keep coming back to all the time. If you can really nail down that repeat referral business, you're going to find that the spend that you put into marketing um, and just the overall uh, effort that you you put into running your business and the frustrations that you might, might run into in terms of roadblocks are going to be a lot less because the people that you've worked with in the past are going to be your cheerleaders. And the way to get them to that point is to establish a really good way to keep the relationship going, not only when you are working with them, but of course, after the fact, because those are the people that are going to refer you to other great people that you'll enjoy working with. So that's what we're going to get into today. So this is part one of your relationship management strategy. Next week, we're going to go into more detail on um, CRMs that we've used in the past, uh, just different ones that obviously offer different options for you. Um, but this week, we're really going to figure out what exactly you um, and your own business needs for a lead system um, for yourself, uh, because everybody is so different. Some people want all the automation in the world. They want to do all sorts of different, really fun, cool, techy things. Other people just want something really simple. So it depends on what you're looking for. So I think it's really important, again, to establish what works for you. Um, so that's what we're going to start off with today. Good morning, Richard. Thanks for jumping in. Um, okay. 
So to start, let's just take a look at some of the statistics uh, that I've kind of looked through um, over the years that have come up regarding just customer relationship management. So the first one being 79% of buyers say it's crucial to interact with a salesperson they deem to be a trusted advisor when making a purchase. Um, so you don't want to just be that person that shows up when your a buyer or seller is looking to make a transaction. You want to be there with them beforehand so they're constantly thinking of you and that you're kind of top of mind for them the moment they say, okay, let's go. Let's start um, thinking about uh, making a home purchase or selling our home. So it's really, really important to do all of that before uh the before work, before you actually get into their minds as somebody that they can trust um, to make one of the biggest tr financial transactions of their life. 47% uh, of polled CRM users said that their CRM had a significant impact on customer retention. And this is what we're talking about when uh, we're talking about re repeat and referral business. As we said before, this is so crucial for our business. If you talk to anybody that's been in the business for a while that's really doing well, I guarantee you they're going to say that most of their business comes re repeat and referral. And the only way to do that is to have a really effective CRM system. The average return on investments for CRM for every dollar spent is $8.71. So that's definitely uh, a reason why you want to put a CRM into place. 29% uh, of CRM applications can help increase sales by up to 29% and sales productivity up to 34%. So you're going to be a heck of a lot more efficient. I, I don't know about you, but I've spent a lot of time in the past going through old Facebook posts of my clients just to figure out what their dog's name is or what their what their kids' names are. If I with a CRM system, all of that information is right there. So it's so much easier just to follow up with your client, check in on them, and they'll be surprised when you actually refer to their kids or refer to their dog by their actual name that you actually remembered that. Of course, it's not something you remember off the top of your head, but the fact that you have it in there, it means that you care and that you can just deepen that relationship much more. 74% of users said their CRM system gave them improved access to customer data. And so that just goes back to the point I just made. The more information you have about those people, they're, maybe they're getting married next month. Maybe um, they're going on a vacation. How much more impactful is it when you reach out to them that you have a personalized message for them? Hey, how was your trip? How did it go? Um, how was your wedding? Like, congratulations. I, 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 I'm sure it was a great time. That kind of thing really goes a long way and really helps your potential clients to recognize that um, you care about them and that you want to continue the relationship even, in, even past the transaction. So if these stats don't, don't show you enough, um, we'll go into more reasons why, but the CRM is so crucial for your business. So maybe put in the chat, everybody that's here, let me know um, how many people right now have a CRM system. I'd love to, I'd love to find out. All right. So while we do that, um, yeah, Christina has one. Kelly has one. That's awesome. And perfect. Yeah. All right. You guys are already ahead of the game. That's Great. Um, so as I'm going through this, I'd like to hear, okay, so Karen says I have one, but I'm not using it. And that's really, really common for agents is 
They've got one, but they're not working in it. They don't know how to just bring that into their um, daily routine. And that's, and that's what's really important. Um, and as a new agent or as somebody that's going to be a new agent, they don't have one yet. And so when new agents come into this business, that's one of the first things we say to them is get a CRM system and start working in it from day one, because that just helps establish that routine for yourself. So some mixed answers, but it seems like the majority of you do have a CRM system. Um, if you want to comment um, about what it is that you find challenging currently about your CRM system, um, maybe we can talk through some of that as we go through this presentation, uh, but we'll keep going. So we like to classify leads uh, in, I guess, basically four categories. Um, I know last year, and I can't remember uh, what it was Nadia, one of one of our agents had mentioned that we don't want to refer them to as leads, um, but it was something else, like something a little bit more um, just nice sounding, I guess. Um, so there's different ways that you can classify your leads, but this could be um, one of the ways that you do so. So there's your cold leads. And those are the people that typically have no interest currently to buy or sell. Maybe they just bought a house or maybe they're just a Facebook uh Facebook friend um, or something like that, that you're just, you know them, but they don't, they're not currently looking to make any sort of uh, purchase or sale decision at this point. Those are your cold leads. Your warm leads are people that might have reached out to you through realtor.ca. You have a listing and they've inquired about your property um, and they're not working with an agent. Or maybe it's somebody that's come through your open house and signed the register and said, checked off that box that says, I'm not currently working with an agent. Um, if some of you, like if you have um, an agent locator, which is a pretty big CRM system that a lot of us do use, um, Maybe it's an online lead that came from there. They're obviously looking to make a purchase or a sale decision in the next little while. So they're they're a warm lead because they've got the um, they, they've got the interest to make a to make a transaction in the next little while. Next are your hot leads. And these are the people that you are currently working with, your current listings, your current buyers, or people that you will be working with in the next little while. So maybe you've got a listing coming up in the next month. Um, you've signed the listing agreement. Those, that's a hot lead as well. Um, so those are people that you definitely want to be keeping in touch with a lot more frequently than your cold leads. And then your past clients. And this is an area that I, keep, I know I keep going back to it because this is the source of your repeat and your referral business. But I find what the mistake that a lot of us make in this business is that we seem to um, we seem to put more weight or more importance on getting new, potentially not even warm or hot leads. Like we just want to get names, we want to get new people to start up relationships with or just start up the conversation with where our past clients are the people that if we nurture those relationships and continue to be in contact with them, those are the people that you're going to get much more business from as a result. So I think we've got to switch our mindset a little bit. And as opposed to trying to go out and chase all of the people out there that might be looking to buy or sell in the next year or two or three, why not look at the current database that you have? Because I guarantee each and every one of you, if you're not a brand new agent, but each and every one of you that has had business in the past, those past clients, those that's your gold mine right there. Guaranteed. No, like, I, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that the, those people are your gold mine. And we quickly, quickly forget 
um, that after the transaction is done, we just kind of stop contacting them. So we have to continue that follow-up and continue that relationship into the future. Okay. So before we get into a strategy for follow-up for each type of lead that you have, um, we want to just think of different ways that we can follow up with our leads. So these are just examples of ways that you can follow up with your leads. And and obviously some of them are uh, based on the type of lead that you have. So hot leads, for example, you're going to do more phone calls to check in and to follow up and let them know how their listing is going, how like the state, the feedback you're getting on showings. Um, So these are just a whole bunch of ideas like Daniel and I basically just did a brain dump of different ways that we follow up with our clients um, just so that you can start having some ideas. But down below are some blank uh, little points that you can fill in based on other things that you do to follow up. We talked last week about different ways people like do pop buys and client gifts and all sorts of different things. So that was a lot of great information that people had shared. And so comment here, if there isn't some, is there, if there's something else that you do typically to follow up or to just keep the conversation going that hasn't been listed, um, feel free to chime in in the chat and just let us know other ideas that we could start thinking about. Um, but give, give this some thought because again, this is going to come back to your own personal way of, of just interacting with your clients. Some people might not like doing networking events or client appreciation parties. Maybe they're a little bit more reserved and they, uh, they uh, prefer doing things more one-on-one. So it depends on the type of person that you are, um, but you definitely want to give some thought to how is it that I can show up for each type of client or each type of lead that I have. So market updates, geographic updates, um, especially if you've got a geographic farm, um, just providing updates on new developments that are coming up. Maybe there's new businesses uh, that are are coming up that you want to let your your area know about. I think that that's a really great way to stay in contact with people. Um, Industry updates is huge, obviously. Um, If if you know if you're part of the Toronto Real Estate Board or any any real estate board, they often provide different reports and different updates that you can just send out to your potential clients or your leads. Pop buys is a big thing. Handwritten letters. That's something that. Um, I've heard recently a lot of people wanting to incorporate into their annual plan for next year is those handwritten letters because you don't get them as much. And they really, uh, I find they really have much a much bigger impact nowadays. So that might be something you might want to do for your past clients, just kind of to check in with them. Obviously, phone calls, uh, congratulations, birthdays, home anniversaries, this kind of thing goes back to your CRM. If you've got all of that information in your CRM, it's going to make it a heck of a lot easier to go into your CRM, figure out who you need to reach out to based on those dates. Um, I have heard of different agents also um, using, like just taking the dates and um, every month, Um, If like basically take the monthly birthdays, like if we're in October, everybody that has a birthday in October, they do all of the handwritten cards in basically one swoop. So it's a pretty quick thing. So it's not like you're having to do it every single day. You just reserve a day to do more of those congratulatory type reach outs and handwritten cards so that you have it all done for the month and then that's it. 
uh, client appreciation events or things. Um, that's something that I, I see a lot of agents doing, which I think really, really work well. Um, especially if you've got clients um, in a very uh, like a similar demographic, um, maybe you've got a lot of first-time home buyers. They're in that same age group. Um, I find that that usually works really well. Um, invitations, if you're doing like a first-time home buyers, well, maybe not a first-time home buyer seminar if they've already purchased a home, but maybe an investment seminar that you're running. Though that's an invitation that you can send out to your entire database, or your warm leads, or your hot leads, or even your cold leads. Um, seasonal home checklist. This is something that uh, we did recently in our brokerage, just things that you need to do to get your home ready for the winter. So, you know, shutting off the water outside, uh, checking your roof, making sure there's no leaks, those kinds of things and different um, categories of referrals that we've worked with in the past that they can reach out to, to help with some of these checklist items. Um, We just sent that out as a PDF to all of our clients and the response that we got from it was really great because a lot of them were saying, oh, you know what? Like I was actually just thinking I need to do this. Thank you for providing this list. So it's it's another great value add that you can send to your past clients or even um, some of the other categories of, of leads that you have. Listings alert. So obviously if it's a warm lead, somebody that's currently looking or might be looking in the near future to buy, set them up on some sort of a prospect search um, online and you can keep in contact that way. Targeted social media ads. If you're working with a a social media uh, advertising company or just doing it yourself, you can easily YouTube um, how to create social media ads that target maybe your friends that that you have on Facebook or the followers that you have on your Facebook page. Um, That's a great way to stay in front of them um, from a digital perspective. And then obviously... The more you can keep in contact with them on social media, that's something that I've started to do recently where I've, I've, I've just added them as friends. Sometimes I'm a little hesitant to add my, my clients as friends. I don't know why. Um, it's just kind of like some sort of thought I had in my head that maybe I shouldn't be doing that. But I want people to get to know who I am, who my family is, like the type of person that I am, not just when I'm working. So I found that that's really allowed me to strengthen my relationships with, with all of my clients. So anything else that you have, write it down, just do like a brain dump, similar to the annual plan that we worked through a couple of weeks ago, brain dump all of your ideas. It doesn't mean that you have to act on them, but the fact that you're just, you're thinking about it and and it's just like, you're able to put it out on paper will allow you to kind of strategize if this is something that could actually work for you. Okay, so the next part of this worksheet, we're going to go through each type of lead and we're going to figure out what is the best strategy, what's the strategy that you want to take for yourself to follow up with these different types of uh, leads. So the first one, um, I'm just going to go to the chat first. Uh, Adding clients to Facebook is great to stay top of mind too, in addition to them seeing you as a relatable person and not just a realtor. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree, Richard. Um, I don't know, like for me, I was afraid to do that for a while because sometimes I might swear <laughs> on, my, on my stories or something like that. But honestly, I want to attract the people that know me for me and want to work with me because of who I am and how I show up. So I might, you know, we might turn some people off because they're not just, we just don't connect with them. But I guarantee you the people that you work with are going to be people that you really enjoy working with. And 
that's going to help your repeat and referral business because if they enjoyed working with you, they have a connection with you beyond just the real estate side of things. They're going to more likely refer you to similar types of people. So you're just going to enjoy your job a lot more as a result. So I think it's a great strategy. It's something that's pretty common sense, but I think a lot of us hesitate because we don't want that people to see the other side of us, like the personal side of things. Okay. So Obviously, the fortune is in the follow-up. We've heard this time and time again, but especially when you're dealing with your past clients. I don't know about you, but I've, I've seen for myself, if when I don't follow up, what happens when, um, when, when I don't, and then they go off and find their own agent to do their next transaction with. Like I I don't want to count the many, the many times before I put in place a, an effective CRM system, but I have had those situations where um, I, I finally put in place a CRM system. I started looking back at my past clients. I looked up one client. I'm like, oh, they moved. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no. And then like just going through, like I was able to see like they actually had made a couple of moves since I worked with them, which was really, really painful. Um, but it's my fault. I wasn't the one to follow up with them. And as a result, they started working with somebody else that might've just been top of mind for them. Um, so it's so important. So what are the types of past clients? So we can talk about, you know, obviously buyers and sellers are the obvious ones, but um, I also think if you're if you've dealt with leases in the past, I know for myself when I first started working, and I know a lot of uh, agents that when they first start working, they work with a lot of lease clients, and those lease clients will eventually turn into purchase clients usually. Um, so even a lot of the lease clients that I worked with 10, 11 years ago, within the last few years, they've started purchasing their own home, and then they've moved up to their next home. So there's a lot of potential within that lease category that we don't want to overlook look. Um, so with your past clients, how often do you want to be following up with them? It's so important to break this down by each type of lead because you're going to be following up with them on a different frequency and it's going to be different for each person. If you guys want to just chime in and let me know how often you do follow up with past clients. For myself, it's typically quarterly. I like to just do a follow-up. I'd like to do a pop-by or um, just an update on their specific area as to how it's doing in sales, that kind of thing. Um, but quarterly is generally how often I do follow up with past clients. <laughs> Karen says not nearly enough. Agreed. Yes. Um, I mean, it, it's a fine line. You, you obviously don't want to be reaching out to them like weekly or anything like that. Like, I think that would get annoying, but um, especially within their first year of, let's say, moving or purchasing a new home, you want to be following up with them. Um, sorry, guys. So following up with them, um, you know, I, I think a lot of times when they've just moved into a house, like... How often do you do you follow up with them within the next day or within the week of them moving in? Like that's super important. I think a lot of times we get afraid because we think, oh no, they're going to say that there's something wrong with the house or something like that. But don't you want to be the person that helps them out if there is a potential issue? Um, I, I, I do think that's really important. So here's a few other people. Um, every three months, okay, monthly letter and then quarterly. 
follow-up and then twice a year for Christmas holidays and home anniversaries. Uh, plus if they have babies getting married, engaged, et cetera, as well, which is where a CRM comes into handy as well. Once you, once you have all that information in there. So it seems like everybody's like every three months or, or so at least is, is what a lot of people are doing, which I think is, is a great strategy. I think that that's, that's, that's like a good balance between um, too much. Well, not too much, but not enough. And, you know, it's a good balance. Sorry. I'm just getting distracted. I want to try to, I don't know why my, okay. I thought I turned everything off, but I didn't. Okay. Perfect. And I'm also watching on Facebook. So if somebody does want to comment in on Facebook, I am watching that as well. Okay. So once you determine your follow-up frequency, uh, give them a week or two to settle in and distress. Yeah. So Beverly makes a good point that Following up the next day when they've just moved into a house, I do find like the emotions are very high and sometimes it could be um, to their detriment as well if you're following up with them really quickly. Um, so yeah, I think it's a balance in trying to find what works best for you. Um, some some agents like to get right in there and, and be be that person that's just like problem solving if there is anything, but definitely... Um, even when you're even when you're dropping off like maybe a client gift at the end of the transaction, I find doing it within a week or two afterwards versus like the day of closing, um, you're just able to kind of relax a little bit more. They they feel like they can just welcome you into their home. Not that you want to stay there or anything like that, but a lot of clients just want you to pop by. You can see what you know how they're doing and with the move and that kind of thing, and then answer any questions that they might have at that point. So. What are the ways you want to follow up? We've had a lot of people chime in with some great suggestions, like a monthly uh, monthly newsletter, a quarterly follow up, uh, some pop buys, depending on like you know if, if if it's a Christmas or a holiday type thing, uh, maybe it's a home anniversary or a birthday, that kind of thing. So, how do you want to be showing up? to your past clients. Um, maybe it's a, a, an annual client appreciation party, if, you, if that's something that you enjoy doing. Um, just kind of put down all of the ideas. Again, it's, that doesn't mean that you have to initiate on every single one of these, but I think it's really, really important um, to just lay it all out and then go through and check off the ways that you're going to do it for this year. Maybe next year, you might switch things up a little bit, or maybe in six months, you might switch things up. But try to stick with one strategy for all of your past clients um, and see how that starts working for you. I just find that if we start, okay, like this group of past clients, I'm going to do this and this and this, and then this group, I'm going to do this and this and this, that's when we get really, really confused. So try to figure out like more generic ways that we can keep in touch. Um, and then I find being on social media, seeing what they're up to day to day allows you to have a more personalized approach as well, um, either through messaging them on Facebook or Instagram or whatever that might be. Um, like another thing, like I'm just kind of thinking off the top of my head, like one of my past clients just got um, a dog, which is really exciting. And we just got a dog recently as well. So, you know, just, I just checked in and asked if they wanted the referral for the dog trainer that we use because he was great and we're in the same area. So um, I was able to follow up. It was more personal. I was able to give them something that was helpful for them, not nothing related to real estate, um, but just something that we were able to connect on. And I felt that that was really great. And the only way I knew that they got a dog was through Facebook. Okay. 
Um, next, we're going to talk about your hot leads. So again, these are the people that you're currently working with or will soon be working with. So never put the burden of the follow-up on the lead. That's our job not theirs. And that's super important, especially when it comes to the clients that we're currently working with. If you've got a listing right now and you're not following up with the feedback that you're getting or just like the showing activity and how things are going, um, that, that can be really frustrating for people. You don't want to put the burden of following up on your seller client. You want to be proactive and doing that follow-up um, however often you feel is, is necessary. But I definitely think that it should be often when you are dealing with an active buyer or seller. So um, again, when it comes to the types of hot leads, you can talk about sellers, buyers. I mean, it's going to be kind of like similar categories which eat with each type um, when we're talking about the different types of leads. Um, but you might have, maybe you've got investor clients, maybe you've got um, commercial clients that you work with, um, developers, those kinds of things. So, um, you know, everybody's business is different. So obviously give some thought to that as well. Follow-up frequency. So chime in now. How often do you follow up with your seller clients? When you've got an active listing, how often are you following up with them? Um, for myself, I'd say I usually follow up with them usually daily, if not every couple of days, but I do have a conversation with them when um, just about before we list their property, just to ask them, like, how often do you want me to keep you updated? Like I can consolidate the feedback and, and send it to you every couple of days. Some people, some sellers want to get right in there. They want to be notified of every single feedback that comes in on real time. So it does depend on the client. Um, but that's, that's usually what I do daily, daily, daily. Yeah. Okay. So everybody's kind of on the same page here, um, which is, which is good. I'm just looking back. Um, so Tara said, I also let them know they don't have to wait to hear from me to get in touch. I'm completely available in any way they need. Yeah. I think that's, that's definitely important because a lot of times sellers or buyers, they're actually like, you know, very respectful and they don't want to, to bother you. They don't want to send you an email at nine 30 at night, but you want to let them know that even if you don't respond right away, sending you a message anytime is obviously something that you recommend and, and, and support. And you're obviously there to support them. Um, and sometimes more than one say people are, are, are a bit needy these days. Absolutely. Like it depends on, on, on the person and what their situation is, but yeah, you definitely cater to, to their needs, but I find that you want to set that expectation ahead of time. Sorry, just a second. When Daniel's not here, I'm talking a lot more. <laughs> um, so yeah, you want to establish, um, a follow-up strategy that works for them. Um, and you also, uh, something I heard on a podcast a little while ago, um, somebody said that they will set a time with their client that they will follow up with them. So maybe, maybe the property has been sitting on the market for like, maybe it's like a luxury property that's going to take a little bit longer to sell so that you're following up with them every few days. So um, this particular agent told their client, I'm going to, you know, we're going to set a time Monday at noon and Wednesday at noon, which is something that worked for the seller. Um, I'm going to give you a quick call just to keep you updated on what's been going on. And that worked for them. And so that avoided that seller just giving him, him random calls every so often. And it just allowed him to manage his own schedule, not just with this this particular listing and particular seller, 
but just overall um, his schedule for the week because he wasn't getting interrupted with with calls from from his clients. Um, he was controlling that narrative. He was controlling those calls and letting his clients know what to expect. So um, we're going to be doing a session in the next few weeks about just time management and managing your day. And I think that that's a great tip to follow is when you do establish those expectations and let and control your schedule um, as much as you can. Obviously, there's there's a lot of times where we can't really do that, but um, as mo- as much as you can control your schedule, I think that that's really helpful. So we we said probably daily or every couple of days we want to be following up with these uh, these people. And how are you going to be following up with them? So I think for most of us phone calls, emails, text messages, those are probably the most common ways we're going to be following up with these clients. You're not going to be sending them like a monthly report on, you know, their neighborhood if they're a current active listing. You're going to be sending them in real time, okay, this listing just came out on your street. These are the pros, the cons, this is what they're doing, blah blah blah. So, it's going to be much different. <clears throat> All right, next we've got warm leads. So again, uh, just a reminder, warm leads are those individuals that do have an intention of buying or selling in the next little while. Um, They reached out to you. There's different ways they could have reached out to you, but there is an intent to buy and an interest to buy in the next little while. So diligent follow-up and follow-through will set you apart from the crowd and communicate excellence. And I think that that's really important. How often, and I think everybody on this session Um, is one of those agents that is super professional and is consistently showing up for their clients. But I think we often hear about those agents that once the the listing agreement is signed, they go dark. Their client can't get a hold of them. You as the cooperating agent wanting to bring a buyer through can't get a hold of them to book a showing or to ask a question. Like This is like where we need to be professional. Um, and in, in the communication part is, is goes hand in hand with that professionalism. Um, so the types of warm leads, again, maybe through realtor.ca, maybe through um, an online, like maybe you have a pre-construction side of your business and you've set up a landing page for people to be kept updated on new projects that could be a warm lead for, for some of you. Um, so there's different ways that you get your warm leads, um, buyers, sellers, renters, all that kind of stuff. And then how often are we following up with these guys? So this is, this is kind of a harder one to answer. I would say just because it depends on what part of the process they're in. Maybe they're looking to buy within the next quarter, or maybe they're looking to buy in the next year. Um, So are we following up with those people differently or are we doing it the same? Um, Like I'd say anywhere from once a week to once every few weeks is probably the rule of thumb, not not the rule of thumb, um, just something that I, I would generally do. But again, if anybody wants to chime in and let me know how often are you following up, let's say we have a realtor.ca lead that came through on one of our listings and they don't have an agent. They just inquired more information about the, the property, but they're not interested in your listing after they've seen it. How often are you following up with that person? Um, and then the types of follow-up methods. So this is kind of where you can get 
um, a bit more creative, I think, like in this section, as well as the next section with cold leads. Um, there's so many different ways and value adds that I think you can give to these types of leads. Um, if you have like a condo section or a condo tag that you put in your CRM. So all of the leads that, you know, are condo buyers, sellers, um, or just interested in the condo market, that you could send out a monthly newsletter, update on the market. Um, maybe it's just uh, like interest rate increases, or you know, maybe you did a video on all about status certificates or something like that. All of these different things um, is, is a way that you can keep in touch with them um, as well as providing value to them. And I think that's something that's really important. Um, we don't always have to do it with every single communication we have with people, but at the same time, you do want to think about not just sending them like a weekly text message. Hey, how's it going this week? Hope you're doing well. Like that's that type of thing is likely not going to get a response all the time. So you want to think of different ways that you can just be in their face and be top of mind for them. Because when it comes time to them wanting to make that decision to finally make an offer on a place, you want to be the person that they're calling. All right. And finally, our cold leads. So people have no intention of buying or selling right now, but you do want to have that relationship with them so that when they do start thinking about it, or if they hear that they have a family or friend that's looking, um, you want them to be like, you need to talk to my person. Like you need to talk to this agent. They're amazing. Um, they, they, they know their stuff. I've been following them. They're putting up a lot of great content. Um, I think you'd really like working with them. That's where we want to get with our business. And um, it, it's something that we all want to work towards. And I think next year, if this is something that we can, we really focus on, I, I'm really excited for, for what you guys are going to be able to accomplish. So 80% of sales require five follow-up calls after initial contact. 44% of salespeople give up after one follow-up. So write in the comments here, how many of you, because I've been guilty of this, but say yes, if you've been guilty to getting a realtor.ca lead for one of your listings, you reached out to them once, they never responded, and that was it you moved on. You didn't put them in your CRM. You just moved on. I am definitely, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. We are all on the same page here. So there, you know, don't feel bad, but let's learn from this mistake because how much potential that person is a warm lead. They're looking to buy in the next little while. And we've just sent one follow-up email. They're like, you know, like, I think what's important also is we've got to put ourselves in those people's shoes. If you were to turn the table or if you're being sold something and that person just sends you one quick email with an update uh, on the information that you asked and that was it, you're not likely to respond to them. You haven't developed a relationship with them. They don't really know you. They don't owe you any response. You've given them the information they wanted and now they've moved on and they've probably reached out to somebody else. And that person might have now followed up with them, put them in their CRM and they're getting consistent communications from them. And that's the person that they're going to choose to work with over somebody that doesn't follow up. So we're all guilty of it. Don't get me wrong. But if you have a CRM system, just putting that person in there, setting up some sort of campaign for them. And that's something we'll get into next week in terms of like the process of, um, within your CRM system. But 
it's like, you're going to look, you're going to be so much more organized and you're just going to capture all of those warm leaves and, and, and nurture those relationships and your business is just going to do so much better. So I think the sky's the limit when it comes to the types of cold leads we could be working with. They could be Facebook friends. Um, they could be, uh, when I say the sky's the limit now, I can't even think of anybody, but like they could be friends, they could be family, they could be colleagues, maybe their past work, like people that you worked with in the past in a previous job, um, especially new agents coming into this business. Um, if you have had a past job, all of those people that you were, you were friends with or colleagues with, those are the people to put into your CRM. Um, to start out because those are the people you can start talking to. You can offer to give them like a quarterly report on their specific area or whatever it is. But this is the type of thing that you can start ramping up for yourself is just really capitalizing on the past relationships and the past contacts that you've had and just put them into your database as a cold lead and nurture them to the point where they become a warm and then a hot lead um, because everybody's going to go through that cycle. Some people might take a lot longer. Other people might be within the next couple of years. I've worked with, and I'm sure many of you guys have worked with people that have said, oh no, I'm not looking to buy. Like, you know, it's, or I'm just kind of like casually looking. I'm probably like five or 10 years out from, from making my next move. And the next week, they start looking on realtor.ca and the next week they're ready to list their house and move somewhere else. Like it happens so quickly for some people. So you want to be again, top of mind for them when, when it comes to that point. So how often are you following up with them? So we don't want to be that creepy person on Facebook. That's constantly sending people messages daily. Like, Hey, how's it going? You know, I'm in real estate. Like if you ever need anything, let me know. Um, because those those types of messages tend to get ignored and also tend to get you blocked as one of their friends. So we don't want to do that. Um, but we do want to figure out a way to follow up with those people. And my suggestion is you're going to do it more as a friend, like just checking in, Hey, how's, how are the kids? Uh, how's, how did your vacation go? Though That's where like social media can really come in handy with your cold leads. Um, you could even just comment on one of their posts and like, just like a very, heartfelt, really, you know, meaningful comment, not just like a random like, like they're not going to notice that. But if you comment on their stuff and start um, communicating with them more, you'll start really developing those stronger relationships. So um, again, follow-up methods, there's, there's all sorts of different ways that you can do it, but think for yourself how it is that you can effectively manage those follow-up ways with your cold leads. Cause you also don't want to just be reaching out to cold leads every single day, because that's not going to get you the business that you want in the next year. Um, so it's got to be a balance, but writing it all out and figuring out what works best for you is going to really help you establish a solid plan for yourself. All right. And finally, we're going to recap everything. So based on what you wrote down, for next week, we're going to delve into more of the, the system side of the CRM. So you've got to figure out for yourself what it is that you need. If you've established you want to, like, let's say your focus for next year is first-time homebuyers looking to get into the downtown condo market. If that is the strategy, what sorts of ways, uh, sorry, if that's your, if that's your ultimate like focus, 
then you want to create probably newsletters, probably a video series, probably different ways to send people, send those people your like value adds every quarter or something like that. So what kind of a system do you need to send people those kinds of things, put them on like some sort of a drip campaign to continually um, follow up with them, but also do it in a very efficient way because doing it one by one um, can be very, very time sensitive. And obviously you don't want to be incorporating some sort of something like that. That's going to waste a lot of your time at the end of the day. So Take a look at your annual plan, take a look at this worksheet that you did, and just determine for yourself what it is that you need in a CRM system. And if you're still a little uncertain once you've kind of gone through it, um, I would suggest that you probably want to start with a more basic system because it's really easy to, I mean, not that you want to be bouncing from one CRM to another, but it's very easy to download your contact list and upload it to a new system once you get more familiar with the types of things that you want in a CRM system. So I know a lot of people that even use an Excel worksheet, but or like a very basic system. And then over the year, they get a better idea of the types of things that they want to start doing with their, their CRM. But at least this exercise will give you some initial thoughts as to what else you need. And for a lot of you that already have a CRM system, what are the tools that I can use that I haven't used yet? Because most CRM systems can be pretty robust. Um, I'm working with one now and I'm just using it at a very, very basic level. So um, if I can basically highlight a couple of the things that I want to make the most of next year, um, I can use that within my own CRM system. So it doesn't mean you have to jump into a new one. It just means that you can take advantage of this, the, uh, the system that you currently have. So that's what you're going to do in preparation for next week um, when we get into more details. So before we log off, I see there's a couple people in the chat. I'd love for you guys to ask any questions that you have right now um, or any feedback or any experience that you've had with the CRM. Uh, which CRM system are you using? So right now I'm using a CRM system called Copper. Uh, it integrates right with Gmail. So it's kind of like an extension on the side of my Gmail. So every time I have a new contact that comes in, I can just automatically add them into my uh, con- like into my CRM, establish a follow-up plan for them. Um, I am just using the very basic one and I do want to um, change that up for next year, but that's, that's the one I'm using. It's not a specific real estate one, uh, but I do find it's really handy to have like that, um, that it talks to my Gmail, which is really helpful. Um, yeah. So everybody else wanted to know the CRM that I use, um, but I have used, I mean, I used to use Agent Locator um, when I had Agent Locator, but I determined for myself that that wasn't a way I wanted to grow my own business through like more of the online leads. I wanted to nurture the relationships that I currently have um, because at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to kind of get away from the sales side with the brokerage side of things. So um, the current relationships that I have with my existing clients is where I really want to amp that up. So I felt as though um, the copper was, was my, best, my best choice. 
And I mean, using this as a worksheet is really great. If you guys have a printer and can print this out and, and writing things down, I find is a lot more helpful than going through something on, on a computer and just kind of thinking, thinking it through. There's so much power in just putting pen to paper and writing out your ideas. Um, so I, I would definitely recommend that. All right. Well, I think that's it. Thanks for coming, guys. I really appreciate it. I can't believe it's Friday already. The week has flown by, uh, but stay tuned for that email with the recording. And if you guys ever need anything, if you ever have any questions beyond this, if you want to just bounce ideas off of us, we're always here for that. So feel free to reach out to us, info at getontheblock.com. Um, we're happy to talk about your strategy or anything like that um, that you might have specific questions about. So I'll just put that in the chat as well. Um, but if that is all, then I hope wish you guys all a great weekend and we will see you next week. Bye guys. Level up, 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 level up,